past few weeks we've been looking at this whole idea of what are you so afraid of we started with talking about the weather some people are scared to death about the weather what's the weather going to do tomorrow what the weather man say what's the weather report turn it to the weather channel we talked about our health this is a real issue we all face health challenges from time to time and we have to deal with them as they come into our lives. We talked about finances. How many of you ever had in the past, right now, or in the future, some kind of financial issue? Can I see your hand? <laughs> money affects us. Zig Ziglar used to say money's not everything. It's pretty close to oxygen. We talked about the fourth week failure, how we've all failed in different situations, circumstances, challenges in life. Then we talked about the whole idea of being alone, being by ourselves. And today we're on the sixth topic, sixth topic, and it's about rejection. Sometimes we feel we're worried about, I don't want to be rejected by my family or friends. I don't want to be rejected at work. I want to get the promotion. I don't want to be rejected by situations that may make me look bad. And this is a, this is a little bit of a peculiar topic because in order to understand it, we're going to have to do something else. It's, it's a little bit like this. Let me give you a couple of examples, then we'll start. If I want to plant, if I want my garden to grow, I have to take seeds, plant them in the ground, and let them die. Well, that's kind of risky, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to take your seed and plant it in the ground, and it's going to die, what's your guarantee you'll get any return on it? Well, that's my only choice. That's the way it works. There's certain things that God has created. Here's some words we use in the English language. This is a paradox. This is an anomaly. This is an oddity. This is a catch-22 situation. This is an enigma. This is a mystery. It's like we have to, and you'll see it in just a minute, we have to do something over here in order for something to happen over here. I have to take my seed and plant it in the ground and let it die in order to have a harvest. But that's kind of risky because if you put it in the ground and let it die, it may just rot. You may not get anything. Well, that's the only way you can do it because that's the way it's designed to work. Now, let me start by saying this. There's only really three decisions you'll ever make in your life, and everything else will center around those three decisions. The first decision is, what are you going to live your life doing? That's called your job or your vocation. How many of you have ever had a job or a vocation in your whole life? Can I see it? How many of you have ever changed your job or vocation anytime? So kind of everything centers around that, doesn't it? It sounds like this. I got to go to work today, or my boss is expecting me to be there at 8, or I don't get off until 5, or I've got a lot to do. I need to work late tonight. A lot of decisions are wrapped up with what, what, what are you, you going to do at work today, or what are you going to live your life doing? Second decision. Who are you going to live your life with? We call that marriage. We call that family. How many of you have ever been married or ever been part of a family? I see that's pretty much most of us. Uh, well, that causes some challenges, doesn't it? We, we're committed to a person or a family. I've got to pay some bills. I have situations I need to deal with in my family. And a lot of situations emanate from that circle of family. Spouse, relatives, in-laws, outlaws, the whole nine yards that we face. The third one is really the most important one that we sometimes fail to look at, and that's this one. Who are you going to live your life for? Who are you going to live your life for? A lot of people live their life for number, let's see, numeral uno for myself. A lot of people live their life for, I want to do what I want to do. I want to 
make my life successful. I want to be number one in my profession. We want to have the best sales. We want to have the best performance. We want to be the biggest, the best, the fastest, whatever it is, and because we want to be successful, and that makes us look good and makes people admire us. And here's where the enigma, here's where the challenge comes. Now watch, I, I tried this week to come up with a way. I'm kind of a visual. I mean, anybody visual learner here, you kind of learn. If, if I can see it and look at it, I, I could do open heart surgery if I could watch it a couple of times. I, I, know, I know what you're thinking. Well, not on me, but I just learn a lot by looking at things. And if I see it a few times, it's like, okay, I, I get the concept. I can hear it all day long. And, and that's okay. But for me personally, I have to kind of see it and look at it and touch it, kind of a kinesthetic, tactile learner. And here, here's the, let me kind of go to the end of the message, then I'll work my way through it. On my right side, I'm, this is my right arm, I know it's backwards to you, but we'll change that in a little while. On my right side is the right way of doing things. The right guy is on my right shoulder. He's going to tell me to do what's right. He's going to tell me to live by faith. This is the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus. This is Almighty God who has forgiven me and saved me and made me part of His family. This is the right side. The left side is the lie. The left side's the one we need to leave. The left side is the liar. The left side is fueled and fed by fear. April leaned over to me and said, the song that we were just singing a few minutes ago, she said, isn't that a perfect song that fear is such a liar fear will tell you you're not, you're not good enough you don't measure up you, th you think you're as good as your brother well your dad made a lot more money than he did when he was your age your mom she was born knowing how to cook you could, you don't even know how to boil water I mean it never ends the left side you can't here's what I've learned in my life you can't shut it up you can't turn it off you can't shut it up but you don't have to listen to it because, watch this, I'm going to change it in a little while because I know it's backwards to you. The right side, God, help me to walk with you today. Help me to know you. Help me to be a good husband, a good father, a good Christian. God, God, my step. Seek ye first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Left side, well, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you really, I mean, can, how are you going to make up for all you've done in your life wrong? How, how are you ever going to undo all of the things you've already done? It's not going to happen, pal. And fear will cripple you. Fear will never stop talking. You know where your husband is right now? You know where your wife is? You know what they're doing? You know what's going on with your kids? Watch. Which, just for simple, because so many of us, we love our teenagers, we love our children. I have found this to be true. Oh, no. What are my grandchildren in now? Doesn't work. Here's what works. Heavenly Father, I have no idea what my grandchildren are in right now. I pray you protect them, watch over them, and guide them. Your word says, seek ye first your kingdom. God, I love my family. I love my children. And I can't live their life for them, but I can ask you to work in, life, work in their lives and help them. And I'm just going to trust you. God, if you would hold iniquities, I know I'd be in trouble. I, I was the one who was out faking a driver's license when I was 16 because I was tall so I could look 18 so I could buy beer and liquor for my friends. I know y'all are sitting there thinking, man, what kind, of, what 
kind of pastor is this? One that has done some things in his past he's not real proud of. And in this left side lies and says, you're a scumbag, you're low life. What right do you have to be teaching anybody anything? God, I just pray I'd seek you and follow you and love you. Thank you for your forgiveness, your grace. Teach me, help me, guide me. So that's what we're going to look at this morning because here's, I'm going to go to the end of the message and then go through it real quickly. I know you're all sitting there thinking, you don't do anything quickly here on Sunday stuff. But I promise you I will. Here's, here's the enigma. Here's the catch-22. So I want to tell you up front, watch. The only way to ever get away from the fear of rejection is to make sure you have not rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now think of it. This is a concept you have to think through. Watch. Well, what's everybody thinking about me? Is everybody going to vote for me? Does everybody like me? Am I, is everybody going to do what I want them to do? Fear. I don't know. How do I make this happen? Wait, wait, wait. God, I want to I make sure I love you and that I'm following you and that I'm seeking you in my finances, in my work, in my relationships. I want to seek you. Now watch. As you seek your relationship with Jesus Christ, the fear of your rejection vanishes. Does that make sense? In other words, it's an anomaly. If I want to quit worrying about who's liking me and who doesn't like me and who's rejecting me and who's not rejecting me, I don't need to think about that. Lord, I just want to follow you. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. From 8 to 18, here's the way I live my life. I wonder what Cooper, John, Eric, George, I wonder what they're going to think about this. And as a matter of fact, if I want to be popular, whatever they tell me to do, I ought to do it because I want my friends to like me and I want to be elected, and I want to be the captain, and I want to be out in front, and I want to, and I want to, and I want to. You can figure out who it's all about, can't you? And then when I was 18, I got real sick of myself. And I, here's what the prayer sounded like. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible in a minute. God, I am so sick of myself. I, I am done. I don't care if I have any friends anymore. I don't care if anybody likes me anymore. I'm just, I know I'm a Christian because I've trusted in Christ. I put my faith in Him. God, I'm going to start following you, and I'm not even going to worry about that anymore. Can I tell you something? That was 50 years ago. I never, ever even think about, well, do they like me? Do they accept me? What's, why? Because if you, Jesus put it like this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will fall into place. All right, we're going to burn through the scriptures, so if you want to write them down, you better get ready because we're going to go fast. Here we go. The problem begins in Romans 3.23, and here's what it says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when we look at that scripture, we think, I'm in a mess. I'm in a first-class mess. And I'm not going to ever, what good am I to God? I fall short of his glory. Next verse. Wisest man that ever lived says this. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Well, what are my friends thinking? I'm no good. I'm a scumbag, and I've done wrong things in my life, and I've fallen short of God's glory. And if I start worrying about fear of people, that's going to be a snare. How do I break that cycle? God, I'm going to trust you. Would you change my life? Would you make me to be the person you want me to be? God, I'm so done with me, and I want to follow you. Now, now you're starting to think correctly. 
because the rejection is going to go away when the correct receiving of the relationship starts to get into place. Next verse. Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on the count of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, Jesus being the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, all the disciples. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I'll never, I'll never do that. I'll never leave you. I never will. Next frame. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Peter's the one who takes the bullet for all this. Don't miss the next verse. Don't miss the next phrase. Notice the next phrase. And all the other disciples did what? It wasn't just Peter. John, Andrew, James, they were all going, yeah, yeah, I never do that. My focus is on you. I'm going to follow you because I love you. You're the Messiah. We've been your disciples. We would never forsake you until something goes wrong. Well, well, what about, I mean, I thought you liked me. I mean, I thought I was supposed to get the promotion. How come my investment went wrong? Why didn't, that, why didn't that work out the way I thought? I thought we were going steady. You mean they cheated on me? You mean, you mean they lied? You mean, what I, you mean I bought it brand new and it's already broken? And it never stops. It never stops. God, how am I supposed to live my life schizophrenic? I've got all these things that happen at work and with family and kids and, and faith and, I mean, and health and and the, the fears, you're going to go broke. You know, I, I read this this week. You know what the number one fear of senior adults is? They will outlive their money. I asked that across the street. I said, how many of you ever been afraid you're going to outlive your... Every one of them raised their hand. It's, you're going to be broke. You're going to die. People will pull in on Sunday morning. They'll see you out front on the church steps. You'll have a little cup with some pencils in it going, help, will work, need food. That, I mean, man. You know, God, fear never stops. But I'm just going to, I am not, I'm learning. You gave me your word so I could learn how to live correctly. Jesus said, heads up, when things go wrong, you're going to turn against me. Well, I know I won't. Everybody else will, not me. Next verse. Then seizing him, they led him, Jesus, away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. As our first mistake, we kind of distance ourselves from Jesus a little bit. Better, better not lose all of my friends. I might not have anybody I can hang out with. And when some of them had kindled by a fire in the middle of the courtyard, he sat down together. Now, now he's got to be buddy-buddy. He's kind of, I don't know what's going to happen here, and this group sitting here is not the group I've been with. I better meet, meet, meet me some new friends because I don't know how this thing with Jesus is going to turn out. Peter sat down with them. This week, Jeremiah and I, I have our family cemetery is in Pike County. Pike County is Zebulon, okay? How many of you know where Pike County is? It's not, okay, it's not far from here. Pike County, Spalding County, Henry County, we're all kind of connected. The wall in our cemetery has four small walls. One of the walls has fallen over. It's fallen over. Some of the, bri the bricks are all still there. The blocks, it's just fallen over. It just needs some repair. So I drove down there with Jeremiah because he's still young and healthy and I can barely move and can't walk. So I showed Jeremiah about this. I said, you know, let, we look at it and you need to fix the wall and everything. And 
While we were there, something happened. An anomaly took place. A catch-22 situation. A paradox. I thought Jeremiah and I went to the graveyard so I could show him the wall that needed to be repaired. That's why we drove down there. That's what we were there for. That's what I... Boy, God showed up. And Jeremiah and I, we just started talking, and I said, isn't this amazing? This is where everyone's headed. This is where we're all going. I said, come here. We went up, and we went through another part of the graveyard where all my family, I said, that was my grandfather, Will Barrett. That's my grandmother, Mary Barrett. That's Aunt Sis, and that's Uncle Frank, and here's Uncle Everett. We walked around the graveyard. All my family's buried there. We went down to our area where I said, there's my dad. I said, and I'm, I'm, Jeremiah looked, he said, there's your gravestone. I said, yeah, pretty tricky, huh? I said, if you'll notice, the death date is not on there yet. Jeremiah's a little slow sometimes, so, but it's okay. He, he was glad to see that they hadn't put the death date on there yet. I said, he said, why do you already have this? I said, because I have four daughters and I want to take care of this in advance to make sure it's like I want it. I said, all they got to do is raise this up and I hop in, put the date on it, and that's it. Then my mother's buried there, and we walked around the graveyard. I said, now, now think about this just for a minute. Jeremiah and I were talking. We just, I said, this is reality. Can, can you imagine me calling you up and saying, hey, what you doing? Would you, would you spend a few hours with me? I got somewhere I want to take you. And you said, sure, what do you want to do? And I said, I just want to go hang out at the graveyard with you. How many of you would say, um, you know, I, on second thought, I'm kind of busy this afternoon. Why, why am I telling you that? That's reality. That's where we're headed. We're on our way. I've already got mine. I know right where it is. It's got my name on it. It's got when I was born, when I was born again. It's just got death date. I've got to fill that in. You say, that is so morbid. morbid. Well, I just want to make sure I'm not much of a burden to anybody and it's all taken care of. But here's my main point. Everybody in that graveyard was born, grew up, went to school, had friends, went to church, laughed, cried, had a big time, ate, watched games, played games, hung out with their family. And now they've stepped into eternity. And now, for them, the real show has started. See, for all of us, this is just a dress rehearsal. We're just practicing. The real show's yet to begin. The real deal is still in front of us. And Jesus, in his loving, kind way, has warned Peter, in this life, better keep your focus, because things are going to surprise you. They're going to come at you when you weren't least expecting it. I was at the mall one night with my, two of my daughters, daughter Rachel and, and uh, her sister Esther. And we were at the mall, and I was... I was reading, I was reading a, a book that I had with me, a book on finances. I was just sitting at the mall. My daughters were in a store shopping. Two ladies walked by. They were very attractive. And one of them walked back, and she said, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. She said, did you know, when I walked by, she said, I have a, a hole in my hose back here. She turned around, she showed me this hole in the back of her stocking. She said, 
And I was telling my friend, I bet he noticed that I have a hole in the back of my stocking. She said, I was just wondering, did you notice I had a hole in the back of my stockings when I walked by? And I said, well, honestly, I, I, I didn't look. I said, I was reading, and I didn't notice when you walked by. So I said, I notice it now that you pointed out. She, I said, but I didn't notice it when you walked by. She said, well, I was just telling my friend I thought you might have noticed it. So what are you doing tonight? Well, up until now, I was just sitting here reading this book. But you and your friend here look like y'all are interested in something. So why don't we have a conversation about that? That's not what I did. Okay. Some of y'all are like, what is he going to say now? I said, actually, I'm with two of my daughters. They're in there shopping, and I was just reading my book. And I said, I hope y'all have a great evening. She said, you too, and walked off. I'm in a mall, minding my own business, reading a book, and two, two women are trying to pick me up. Now, I can understand that. <laughs> I'm glad that I don't make my decisions on what I'm going to do when they spring up. You see, you can't be in the back seat of a car at the drive-in and decide, what do you think we ought to do now? You can't be, have your hands in a lot of other people's cash money and go, Wonder if anybody would know if I just took some of this. You can't wait until you're, Jesus, he, listen folks, Jesus is not only our Savior, He's our best friend. And He said, heads up, keep your eyes open. You don't know when this is going to happen. Stuff's going to spring out at you. And you're going to end up turning away from following me to, what is somebody else going to think about me? Peter sat down with his new friends. Next phrase. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. He said, A little later, someone else saw him and said, You, you are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking... rooster crowed. Now watch, don't miss it. And here's where we all go. Next verse. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And here's where we go. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I could tell you the place I was standing on the second row at First Baptist Church in Griffin when I heard the guy preach on the crucifixion of Christ. I was 18 years old, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sick of myself. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I do whatever I want to so my friends will like me. And God, I'm a Christian. And I, I've never been interested in putting you first. God, everything changes right now. God, if I never have any friends the rest of my life, that's fine with me. I just want to be friends with you. 
God, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that works. All I know is this. I'm sick of myself in my ways, and I want you in your ways. That was in August of 1967. A few weeks later, I happened to meet a guy named Buford Adams. Buford happened to invite me to a place called Youth Ranch. I happened to go there, and all of a sudden, there's 100, 200 teenagers who are happy, not drunk, and love Jesus. One of the weird ones was Johnny Rollins. He's here this morning. Wave your hand, Johnny. He was as weird as all the rest of them. Loved Jesus, had a Bible, singing songs. See, I'd been hanging around with all the cool people. You know, the ones that drink and smoke and sleep around and have a big time so they'd be cool. And now I'm hanging around with people who love Jesus and sing songs and talk about Bible verses. And I'm sitting there thinking, where's this been all my life? All of a sudden, things started changing. Things started becoming different. I found a new set of friends. I started having more friends than I knew what to do with. My life started changing. All of a sudden, everything I had always been looking for over here and never found, I started finding over here. God, I'm just going to love you and follow you. Well, you better get ready because here come a couple hundred new friends. And here comes a new life. And here comes new direction. And here comes guidance. And here comes direction for vocation. And here comes the whole purpose for your life. It's over here. You can do that if you want to. It's not leading anywhere. All this is going to lead to is weeping bitterly. This is going to lead to love and joy and peace and happiness. And even when things don't go like you want them to, like you need a couple of new hips, eh, that's no big deal. We can work that out. Even when things don't go right, like you lost your job because you got fired, that's all right. We can work that out. Even when things don't go right, like your wife left you for someone else, that's okay. We can work with that. You see, just keep focused on me. Because I am God and you belong to me. I know when little sparrows fall. I know how many hairs are on your head. I take care of my children and you belong to me and I love you. You're doing life all wrong. You're so worried about what about this and what about that and what about the other. And you don't even care about me. Seek me first and this will fall into place. It's an anomaly. It's a catch-22 situation. It's a paradox. You want this? Seek this. God, just guide me and help me and teach me. I love this. It's so much better than my way. Next verse. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man, who, who the Son of Man is? They replied, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah. He's here this morning. Or one of the prophets. Then Jesus threw this curve at him. I love this. He said, what about you? Most important question in the whole Bible, right here. What about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? There it is. Eternity is riding on it. Eternity is riding on your answer to Jesus' question. Who do you say that I am? Jesus said. Next verse. Simon Peter, here he is again because he's our guy. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, 
the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't figure this out on your own, but my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this saying, on that I am the Messiah, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now let me ask you all a question. Let me mess with you just a little bit. Can we have some fun? Can we have some fun? Okay. Suppose you and I were standing down here after church, and we're talking about stuff. And Jesus walks up. And we look at each other, and we're like, what are you doing here? I mean, glad you're here, but I mean, we really know it's Jesus. Okay, I'm messing with you. And Jesus said, can I, can I tell you something? And we go, yes, sir. He said, I was just, he points to you and says, I was just listening to your conversation. And I was listening to the things you were saying, and I just got to tell you, you are so blessed. My Father in heaven put those words in your heart, and you spoke them with your mouth. I am so impressed with you because you get it, and you say the right things. Oh, you are a blessing to me. How many of you would say, that would make my day? Can I just see your hands? Yeah, you'd sit there and go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Story's not over yet. Next verse. For those who are speaking things correctly, Jesus says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. This is a part of the story where Jesus is basically transitioning to let them know, you're going to be the ones to teach people how to have forgiveness of sin. You're going to be the ones to let people know, if they don't accept me, their sins will not be forgiven. See, you can come up to me after church, and if you were to say to me, I've asked Jesus to be my Savior. I believe He died for me and paid for my sins and rose from the dead. I could say to you, I have the power vested in me through Jesus Christ to look at you and say, your sins are forgiven, and they are no longer bound in heaven. But if you say, I reject Jesus, I don't want Him as my Savior, I can say, I'm sorry, but your sins are still binding and whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Your sins are on you, and you will answer for them. And whatever is loosed on earth, your sins are forgiven, and they are no longer written down. How many of you are grateful that God will never mention one sin that you've ever committed to you when you stand before Him? Can I see it? Isn't that great? God's not going to ever ask you, what about the time you... The, the sinful things. Now, we will give account for our life, the deeds we've done, whether they were for ourselves or for the Lord, but not our sins. He ordered, don't tell them who I am yet. He was unfolding his plan. Next verse. Now, don't miss it. We are all happy because Peter got the right answer, didn't he? Next story. You're writing these verses down. Next story. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He starts getting them and saying, let me tell you what we're walking into. Next verse. Peter, Peter's my favorite. He's the first person I want to see in heaven. Peter, after Jesus. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus trying to straighten Jesus out. I know we've never done it. We've never said, Jesus, you didn't do this like I wanted you to, but pretend with me. 
Peter took him aside and said, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Look up here. You're not looking this way. I just got through explaining. I'm going to die and pay for the sins of the world so we can have a relationship. And you're saying, yeah, but that might make us look bad. We're trying to start a ministry over here. How's that going to look? Jesus, yeah, Jesus, he was a great leader. He got killed. How's that going to look? We're trying to build them. We got some momentum going here. Jesus, if you don't mess this up, this might work out really well. Peter began to take him aside to straighten him out and rebuke him. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Can I ask you a question? Let's pretend like we're standing down here next after church, and you and I are talking, and we're just having a conversation. And Jesus walks up to us, and we know it's him, and he says, excuse me, uh, I just wanted to say I've kind of been overhearing your conversation, and you know who you remind me of, and he's pointing to you, not me. He points to you and says, you know who you remind me of, the things you've been saying? You remind me of Satan. How many of you would say, that messed me up. That messed my day up. In one breath, Jesus is telling Peter, you got it, man. You got it. In the other breath, he's saying, you remind me of Satan. Folks, I tell you, if you can ever get hold of this, everything in the Bible will clear up. You know why? Because there's just two paths. There's the path of I'm going to follow God. I'm going I'm to stumble. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to follow him. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will, I'm going to do this, seek ye first God's kingdom. And I know life's going to come at me. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Mm, let's keep going. If y'all quit interrupting me, we can go faster. All right. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever, here it is. Here's the anomaly. I told you we were coming to this. Here's the enigma. Here's the catch-22 situation. Whoever wants to be my disciples must Say it out loud. Deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, what are those two words? For me will what? Whoever loses. Now here's what, the, I don't, it's not talking about Somebody killing you. Here's what it's talking about. God, I've been trying to make my life work the way I want it to. Where I go to school, what I study, who I hang out with, what I believe, what's right and wrong, what my culture teaches, what's going on at work. And I don't want anybody to make fun of me, and I want to get the promotion, and I want to be popular, and I want to be liked. God, there just seems to be something wrong with my life. Yeah, there is. Whoever will find his life will lose it. God, I'm not even going to look over here anymore. I want to follow you and love you and seek you. But this is the best way to find a wife. You got to go where the girls are. God, I don't even know how to find a wife, but I know how to find you. And you said, seek you first, your kingdom. And all these other things will be I'm going to raise my children the way I was raised because that's the best way to be raised. God, I'm not sure how to raise all my children best because they're different. Would you guide me and show me and help me and teach me? 
how to raise. It's not my kid's fault that I don't know how to do this. It's my fault. God, guide me and help me and teach me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find Folks, I'm telling y'all, you want to have a successful, happy, productive life? Here it is from the lips of our Savior. Seek me first and let me get involved in things in your life. I was listening to a guy the other day who's a Christian. He was trying to hit a sales quota. This will blow up. How many of y'all are in sales? Anybody in sales here? Y'all won't admit it. All right. Selling is okay. Nothing happens until something's sold. This guy said, I was in sales. He said, I was four sales short of hitting my quota, and it was the last day of the month, and it was lunchtime. This is such a good story. I'm not even going to tell y'all. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Such a, he said, I was four sales short for hitting, for going, being the salesman of the month, going over the top, selling more than anybody. Three would have tied it, four would have broke it. He said, it was noon, and I was having lunch, and I was looking through all my contacts, thinking, I'm going to do this. I've, I've got till midnight tonight. If I have till midnight, I will get these four sales in, and I'm going to set a company record, and I'm going to make money. I'm going to get a bonus. He was going on and on and on. He said, I was having lunch, and he said, this thought went through my mind. Why don't you just take the next hour off and seek the Lord? He said, and then this thought went through my mind. I don't have time for that. I've got sales I have to hit. He said, I thought, all right, God, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I drove home. I put on some praise music. And I praised God and sang songs and read my Bible and had a quiet time for an hour. He said, it went against everything in me. I got four sales to make and I'm running out of time and I'm here listening to Christian songs. When you finish this, why don't you snort some cocaine? Maybe that will help. That was a joke. He said, peace came over me like I'd never experienced before. I said, God, watch now. I got four sales. I'll be the salesman. I'll get the commission. I'll be. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I want those sales so bad, but I want you more. I'm going to seek you. And if I don't get the sales, that's fine, but I'm going to seek you because you're either a liar or you tell the truth. I'm either going to have faith in you or I'm going to live by fear. And God, I'm just going to enjoy you. You know what I want. Your word says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies. Your word says seek ye first the kingdom. Your word says when a man's ways please the Lord. Your word says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. So God, I'm going to see what happens. He said for one hour I was dying, singing songs and reading my Bible and reading devotions thinking, you got four sales you've got to make. He said, you know what's crazy? He said that afternoon was one of the best afternoons of my life. He said, I made five sales. He said, now I don't know if I would have made those sales anyway, but I'm going to believe I wouldn't if I hadn't have done what I know is right to do. I, I, know, I know all of y'all are sitting here. I can hear it now. So in other words, let me get this straight. If I spend an hour listening to Christian music, and reading the Bible, having devotions, I'll hit my numbers this month? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying sometimes you're going to be at a crossroads. Sometimes you're going to be at the party. 
Sometimes you're going to be at the mall reading a book and something's going to happen that you didn't see coming, that you weren't aware of, and that's when it's going to be your time to decide whether or not I'm going to take matters into my own hands and do what I want to do, or God, this is killing me. God, did you see those two women? They were beautiful. I'm not interested in them. I'm interested in you. And I know, I don't know what that was all about. Did you see the hole in the back of my stockings when I walked by? But God, I got to tell you, there was a little something inside of me that said, what's this about? God, I I just want to seek you. I don't want to hurt my marriage. I don't want to hurt my church. Can you imagine me on Sunday having to tell my church, oh, by the way, I was at the mall the other night. Some of you may have seen me there. That's when I picked up a couple of women. God, I don't want that. Never know when it's coming, and you never know what it is. Be careful, because before the rooster crows, you're not even going to claim that you know me three different times. Bible's so good. You want to you wanna do what's right? Don't seek that. Seek Jesus. Next verse. What good will it be if someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? I encourage you. Do a Jeremiah night. Go to a graveyard sometimes. Walk around for a couple hours. Boy, that'll bring some gravity to you like nothing has in a long time. I thought we were there for me to show Jeremiah a wall. We were there for God to speak to me about this message this morning to say, I don't want you to communicate from your mind. I want you to communicate from the reality of your heart because this is real. And if you don't believe it, look right there on that grave. It's got your name on it. It's just a matter of time. And the clock's ticking. What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. Woo! That's coming. And then He will reward each person, as I said earlier, according to what they've done. Not whether or not you get to go to heaven, but He'll reward you for the fact that you loved Him and you served Him and you sought Him first. Next verse. Simon, Simon, this is Peter and Jesus talking to, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Can I tell you all who's praying for you to do this and not that? Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your, what's the word? What's the word? Faith. See, faith is on the right side. Faith is what pleases Jesus. Are you all aware that Jesus is praying for you? Does that not encourage you? Does that not encourage you when you go off to school this fall and you're meeting your new friends and all of a sudden you find somebody and they're an atheist? or they're agnostic, or they don't believe in God, or they don't believe in truth, they don't believe in right and wrong, they believe they just do what they want to do and kind of find out what they want to do, and, and all of a sudden you say, well, actually, uh, I can't do that. I was at Auburn University with a bunch of guys one afternoon at Sewell Hall, that's the athletic dorm, and somebody had the latest Playboy magazine, and somebody flipped open the centerfold. I, I know none of you guys know what it is, but you can just pretend with me. So they flipped open the centerfold and they were showing it to everybody. A guy standing next to me, I'll never forget this, he said, you can't look at that, you're a Christian. I almost died. I thought, oh, what a time to bring that up. Johnny Valentine, who was standing right in front of me, he walked away from the magazine. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, so am I. He said, come on, let's go in the dining room. I want to talk to you about something. 
here I am minding my own business in Sewell Hall at Auburn University and a Playboy magazine gets flipped in my face that I wasn't expecting. And now, God, what am I going to do with this? Because all the guys are going to laugh if I don't participate with let's all lust over her for a little while. And Johnny Valentine says, I'm a Christian too. Let's go over here. God, you just you showed up. Thank you. God, this is real. I, I didn't see that coming. Now, you won't see any of this coming. You see, it's an enigma. You don't look at what's going on here. You seek this. And don't worry about that. I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, because we all have turned back when we realize, boy, I went the wrong way, strengthen your brothers. Next verse. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men watch with me for an hour? This is hard. Sometimes you got to keep your focus. He asked Peter, watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We're all in here right now in the spirit. We're at church, sing songs, praise the Lord, give money, hallelujah, got my Bible. Get out in the parking lot. Go to the restaurant. Go to work tomorrow. Go home with your family. Next verse. So if you think you're standing, be careful. God, I'm not going to get arrogant. I'm not going to get all wrapped up in myself. This is where it's at. It's a constant day by day. Right side, right guy, faith. Left side, liar, leave him, fear. Next verse. Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. I don't need anybody telling me that stuff. I don't need church. I don't need God and Bible. I mean, if that's for you, for all you weak people, that's okay. I mean, you know, I know somebody needs it. Probably girls, children. But, you know, I'm a man's man. I don't need, I don't need that. Heavenly Father, I, I want to follow you. Last verse, last verse, last verse. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these fish? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. <clears throat> the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Don't you just love the Bible? Because... It hurt, it hurt Peter's feelings that Jesus would ask him three times after Peter had denied that he even knew him three times. Peter had the wrong, wrong emphasis on the incorrect saliva. Instead, he should have been saying, why is he asking me this over and over and over? Well, he only had to ask me for 10 years from 8 to 18. Why do you keep looking this way? Because of my friends and because I want to be popular and I don't want to be rejected. After 10 years, have you had enough of that? Because this is where you're headed for eternity. This is going on the graveyard. This is the last stop before you step into there. You can have it in this life and then you step over into it forever. He said, verily I say unto you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you 
and leads you where you do not want to go. I was reading that verse this week and I thought, is God trying to tell me that's what April's going to be doing for me for the next week or so? When you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Uh, for what it's worth, a friend of mine called me and said, is April going to be taking care of you after your double hip surgery? I said, yeah. They said, milk it for all it's worth. I'm going to. Jesus said, to indicate this, this is the kind of death he knew Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Peter, it's the last thing I want you to hear, and this will straighten everything out. You ready? Ready? Follow me. There's your solution. Follow me at school. Follow me at work. Follow me in your marriage. Follow me at home. Follow me at school. Follow me with your money. Follow me. And then everything you're seeking will fall into place. But if you think you can make it all happen, you'll, never, you'll lose it. Last verse. Or then this is Peter in the book of Acts, last verses. Therefore, Peter says this. This is Peter, the same guy who denied him and the same guy that Jesus said, follow me. Peter says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. He doesn't sound wishy-washy to me, does he to you? Next verse. Salvation. This is Acts 4, 12 and 13, great verses, you ought to memorize these. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is none other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note. You see, they looked at them and they said, these are just ordinary guys. They went to school, they got their degrees, and, and they're running our, our uh, village. They're running our area that we live. They're running our township. But Peter and John, they don't even have any education. They don't know how to do anything. All they know how to do is follow Jesus. And they took note. They were astonished. How'd you get so smart? How did you know what life's all about? How did you get your act together? By following Jesus. By putting Him first. By seeking Him. By praying, God, put your hands on my business. God, would you guide my sails? God, would you help my grandchildren? God, would you guide my heart, my eyes? God, I don't know when the next surprise is coming. Jeremiah, bless his heart. I love him so much. He's driving to work. Somebody in front of him hit a dog and killed it. Jeremiah said, beautiful dog, broke my heart. And the dog had another smaller dog with it. And Jeremiah stopped to see if he could help the situation. And the smaller dog was in shock because the other big dog was laying there dead. And the smaller dog was a beautiful, beautiful dog. And this is on the road. It was like the dogs had gotten out. Something was wrong. So Jeremiah took the dog, picked the dog with him and put him up in his truck and brought him to our house saying, I couldn't leave him there because he'd get hit by a car. So I had to, but yet he's not my dog. I don't know what to do. I'm just asking God to give me guidance. Are y'all following this? See how real this is? Here's what he didn't say. This looks like a valuable dog. 
they'll never know what happened to him. He's now my dog. I'm going to steal him. How do you think, what do you think about that? Well, let's just pray and dedicate him to God and then you can keep him. Jeremiah said, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to get on Facebook and all the other social meet. And guess what? Was it the same day? Yeah, before the day was over on Facebook and social media. What was it? What was it on? Facebook, okay. Facebook, the, in the community, they found the girl who, she, she's all upset because she found her, her dog had been killed, but she didn't know where the other one was. Guess what happened before bedtime? Jeremiah had that dog back to her. See, that's simple. That's just something little. Didn't mean anything to any of us. It meant something to her. I found something. Now it's mine. God, I don't even know how to find this girl. I've got this dog. I know the owner wants it. Would you just guide me and help me and lead me and direct me? Listen, folks, one of these, we're going to be in heaven in about five minutes and we're all going to look at each other and go, you know what? I should have had Jesus involved in my life a lot more. If I'd lose my life for his sake, I'd find it. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note of these men that they had been with Jesus. And this is the last verse, I promise. Would you read? I know y'all are like, you're such a liar. You preach half the time and lie half the time to us about this is the last verse and it's never the last verse. I promise this is the last verse. Would you stand up? Would you stand up? We're going to end different this morning. I've already warned the troops here about our, because I told you we're coming back about this. I want Sunday morning to be real. I want Sunday morning to be, thank you, God, that I went to church today. Okay? So here's what I want you to, we're going to say this verse out loud. Okay? Then we're going to do something. We're going to do something different. It's summertime. I want you to say this verse out loud with me. I want you to get this verse this week right on a three-by-five card. Put it on your mirror because this is where it's at. Would you read it out loud with me? Let's do it. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If I do this, God, I'm going to fall on the right side. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to love you. I, God, I don't know when the left side liar, fear is going to hop out at me. It could be any time. not going to let that guide me. I'm going to praise you and not live by fear. If you're for me, who could be against me? God is for me. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with a song called, I Surrender All. How many of you know or have ever heard, I surrender all? Here, here's, I wrote them down just so I wouldn't mess them up to make sure. I've, known, I've been singing this song my whole life. It goes like this. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. Now, if you're willing to, here's the invitation. And this is for Christians. It's summertime. If you don't know Jesus, it's a matter of Heavenly Father. I just ask Jesus to be my Savior. I believe He died for me and paid for my sins and rose again, and you're in the family. 
But if you do know the Lord and you want to, here's the song this morning. With your right hand. I told you I'd turn this around. Everybody hold up your right hand. And Ronnie, this is for you too, so hold up your right stub. All right? Ronnie and I, we've talked about this, so we're okay with each other. I love Ronnie. He's one of my favorite people. Here's, I love him because he's real. Hold up your right hand, and here's how we're going to sing this song. If you want to, if you want everybody put your hands back down because I'm going to give you a free choice, free choice. When you sing this song, it's all to, all to Jesus I surrender. As we sing this song, raise your right hand if you mean it. Raise your right hand if all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. That's the invitation this morning. If you want to, you can join me as you lead us. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all to Jesus. All to Thee. sing the voices and I surrender all just sing to him this morning I surrender all to all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender Heavenly Father, what a sweet time we've had this morning in your presence. Thank you for the Apostle Peter. He was so representative of all of us, just so full of himself, just so confident in his own flesh, and did everything wrong. And yet, you kept praying for him, and you kept working with him, and he was the one you chose to stand up at Pentecost, to start the church, and to bring thousands into your kingdom. Would you do that with us? Would you help us to be the one to bring thousands into your kingdom? God, help us not to play church. Help us to be church. Help us not to get sidetracked with the lies and the deception and the fear that the enemy throws at us unexpectedly all the time. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus and have people say, wow, something's different about them. They're, they're just ignorant and unlearned people, but they've been with Jesus. The truth of the matter is everybody in this world is ignorant and unlearned if they don't know Jesus. May we fall in love with Him afresh today and walk with you this week. Thank you for our dear church and these dear people. 
God, I don't know how to do it any other way but to raise our hand, our right hand to you and say, I want your will, your ways, your purpose. I want to seek you first and walk by faith. We've done that this morning. And now as we dismiss, the test will begin. The challenges we face, they will start. I pray that we would pass the test. And as Jesus prays for us, that we would be strong and be able to strengthen our brothers and sisters. We thank you. We love you and we bless you. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your precious name. And all God's people said,